Brad Pitt sells his Los Feliz compound in L.A. for $39 million, nearly three decades after snapping up the property for only $1.7 million from horror icon Elvira, which I think Elvira is still alive, which I think is absolutely insane. But wow, yeah, so $39 million to $1.7 million. Hold on, let's do the little calculation. So 39 minus 1.7 divided by, let's just say, 30 years. That means he was on average making like $1.24 million in terms, like in terms of like the value of the home every year. It was basically like doubling every year, the value of the home. That's that is pretty insane. Brad Pitt is officially bidding farewell to his Los Feliz, California compound after owning and remodeling it for nearly three decades. The actor, 59, recently sold it for $39 million, which is a far cry from the $1.7 million he showed out when he bought the home from horror icon Elvira back in 1994 as per TMZ. The property was originally listed for $45 million in January, but it's unclear what led to the price drop, probably him wanting or needing money. Pitt famously resided in the home with his ex-wife, Angelina Jolie, and their six kids prior to their 2016 split, but he also occupied it independently for many years. The Fight Club actor is said to be making the move from L.A. to a $40 million abode in the small beach city of Carmel in Northern California, which I believe I have a video about that where I actually went over it. I didn't really like his house in Carmel for some reason. Like For some reason, it just didn't like... It just didn't seem nice to me, even though he spent $40 million on it. But apparently, the city of Carmel is an extremely beautiful place, which, funny enough, is also ran basically by Clint Eastwood. But what I kind of wonder is, like, when you are Brad Pitt and you've made the type of money that he has made, what do you even do with your money? Like... You must be making so much money in terms of, like, royalties from all the stuff that you've done. It's, like, little different, like, it's basically little different books that he's made, although technically not books, it's technically movies. But it's just basically, like, okay, let's put it this way. He basically created different money-printing machines that are constantly printing him money every month, Every year, etc. Right? So it's like when you're making like ungodly amounts of money all the time, what is your viewpoint on money? Like, I'd love to like understand what Brad Pitt or like people of his caliber in terms of like how much money they're actually making. Like, what is your viewpoint on money? Like, has it changed? Because like we're talking like crazy amounts of money here, you know? Let's see. So, Measure ULA will require those selling off properties worth more than $5 million to pay a 4% transfer tax. Wait, what? The hell did I just skip? Oh, uh, okay. So, it comes just ahead of the April 1st start date for LA's new mansion tax, which is reportedly the reason for the recent uptick in A-listers fleeing the affluent area. Mm. 
Okay, that makes sense. So you're going to have a whole bunch of people just like getting rid of all of their properties in L.A. It's going to get worse. Like L.A. is literally going to get worse. That's hilarious. So Measure ULA will require those selling off properties worth more than $5 million to pay a 4% transfer tax and sales that exceed $10 million will have to pay a 5.5% tax. And the money will go towards public housing in the hopes of tackling the growing homeless crisis in LA. And the city has set a goal of $1 billion, as reported by Yahoo. But here's the thing. This is the thing that I don't understand. California has such a massive budget to help battle the homeless problem, but they can't do a goddamn thing. Like, they just literally just burn money. It's just so stupid. So it was reportedly built by an oil baron back in 1910, and is the place where rock legend Jimi Hendrix penned his 1967 hit, May This Be Love. Brad has spent years renovating and building new additions to the property with a team of world-class architects and designers. And the interview with a vampire star was said to have been very involved in the designing process as to create his perfect abode. To expand the acreage, he purchased a number of adjacent lots. The property's main house is a whopping 6,700 square feet with five bedrooms and five bathrooms, and the California Craftsman-style abode has gray roofing and brick chimneys. There's a cobblestone driveway that transitions to a walkway that leads straight to the front floor, and an abundance of trees of other lush landscaping allows for optimal privacy. And, I mean, that's, like, a pretty nice setup. Like, I... That would probably be actually a pretty nice place to, like, live. But, man, spending that type of money? Mm. So there's two swimming pools located to the right of the property with the jacuzzi, as well as a large koi pond. Interesting. So there's also a movie theater, a garage for Brad's motorcycle collection, and at least four guest houses. Sources claim that guest houses were each made to be two-bedroom, two-bathroom residences. Pitt reportedly boasts a $100 million real estate portfolio that includes his half of the $160 million French winery he co-owns with ex-wife Angelina, according to Velvet rubs.com. I think that's kind of weird that you still like co-own a winery with your ex-wife. That seems kind of weird to me. The former couple purchased the Chateau Miraval back in 2011 and married in a chapel on the premises in 2014. That's pretty cool. Pitt and Jolie are currently in the midst of a legal battle over the challenging actress' desire to sell off her portion. Pitt accused her of doing it to willfully inflict harm by entering into the sale with a total stranger thus violating their agreement. Like, I don't get why don't they just sell it in total unless he just loves his winery. Meanwhile, Jolie Slan pits claims as frivolous, malicious, and part of a problematic pattern, according to court docs obtained by Radar Online last year. Pitt has also owned properties in the Hollywood Hills, New Orleans, Malibu, and a $5 million beach house in Goleta, which by the way, like I visited Cali before, and I gotta say, out of all the places in California, I'd have to say Malibu is like a really beautiful location, right? 
but it's also a location where a trailer home will cost a million dollars because it's basically like a 500 square foot lot next to the beach. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. So Pitt recently splashed out $40 million for his historic D.L. James house, known as Seaward, that overlooks California's stunning central coast in Carmel. It is reportedly the highest-priced property ever to be sold in the area. And Pitt is rumored to be dating L.A.-based model Inez de Ramon, 29, who split from her husband Paul Wesley last year. And the pair have reportedly been dating since November and have been spotted on numerous date nights in recent months. You know, I kind of wonder something. If you're someone like Brad Pitt, where you had his type of career, that type of attention, and that type of money coming in, are you a psycho? Like, do you just become a psycho? I mean, I don't know if he is, but, like, does all of those influences just dramatically change how your mind works? Or were you already that way? So, a source told Daily Mail that Pitt has already introduced Inez to most of the six children he shares with Angelina, and that he and his new partner have been a source of support to one another after bonding over their respective divorces. And despite finding love again, Pitt is still tied to Jolie as their years-long custody battle rages on. It's taken nearly a decade, and now three of the pair's six children are of legal adult age. That is so insane. Pitt and Julie share sons Maddox, 21, Pax, 19, Knox, 14, and daughters Zahara, 18, Shiloh, 16, and Vivian, 14. Like, at this point, why not just stop the whole custody thing? Like, you guys have probably spent millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for court work, for legal work, and these lawyers are just bleeding you guys. Now, they're not bleeding you dry because you guys are both filthy rich, but at the same time, it's like, come on. At that point, it's just like, you're just doing it to do it. Crazy. Feel free to give your thoughts on this. If you want to learn how to get a debt and how I got a debt and grew my net worth, go down below. If you were as filthy rich as Brad Pitt, what kind of house would you buy? Tyga keeps spending crazy amounts of money on girls. And I don't really understand why rappers just constantly spend money on ladies like this. So Avril Lavigne and Tyga are very into each other, but are taking this low after rapper gave her an $80,000 custom diamond chain. Like, <laughs> what? Sparks are continuing to fly for Avril Lavigne and Tyga. Ever since debuting their romance earlier this month, the couple have been frequently spotted together, and the rapper 33 even gave the pop punk princess 38 an 80k custom diamond chain. Now, sources spilled more details on their feelings for one another. They're very into each other, an insider dish to people. Well, I think he is definitely probably in her. While the couple are spending a lot of time with each other, they are not yet fully committed aren't, and are taking their time getting to know one another. Let's see. 
They're still not exclusive and just getting to know each other. They're taking things very slowly to be on the safe side and really get to know each other before diving into something serious, they said. Well, one thing's for sure, Taika definitely loves to spend his money on really stupid stuff. The source added the duo are spending, blah, 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 blah. things really seem to be heating up between the pair. Ever since confirming their romance early this month and several weeks ago, it emerged that Taika given Avril a jaw-dropping 80,000 diamond chain, which bore her name, which means that that jewelry is what? Now worth like 60, 50, maybe? She was seen wearing this statement pendant while out in LA last week, and jeweler Eric Mavani, who has also made a custom necklace for Kim Kardashian, Revealed Taika had asked him to create the sparkly diamond chain for Avril as their romance heats up. The huge necklace features a whopping 50 carats of white diamonds, black diamonds, and pink sapphires. Eric, who showed off the piece on his Instagram, told TMZ Taika reached out three weeks ago to commission the bespoke chain before the pair officially went public with their romance. As well as her name, it features the letter A, skulls and engravings saying, Made for Avril Lavigne on a tag at the back. Like, another thing that I don't really understand, like, why do people even care about this stuff? The songstress has not yet ta- uh, has not taken it off since being gifted it by Tyga, and ever confirmed earlier this month she had moved on with the rapper Tyga shortly after her split from fiancé, Maud's son. In last month, it was reported that Everett had caught off their engagement after nearly a year. The development wasn't out of the blue for the couple, as sources claimed that things had been going south for a while, and the two were on and off in recent months, despite staying engaged. I feel like all these celebrities that like live in California are just like not like capable of staying loyal. Like it's just so weird to me. Like they can't just like be in a monogamous relationship. So they were together and engaged as of three days ago, and when he left it for tour, so if anything has changed, that's news to him, they claimed. Cheating wasn't cited as a cause of the split, but Everett was seen on a friendly night out with the rapper Tyga, just as the news broke, though they were reported to have been pals for some time. Interesting. Well, personally, I don't really care too much about this, but I just thought it was interesting that, like, Tyga would spend 80 grand for, like, a diamond chain for a girl that he's kind of seeing. Like, that seems kind of crazy to me. Like, why even spend that type of money? Fauci sells his memoir to Penguin Random for $5 million. <laughs> like, one... Why does a book company care at all about the history of his life? And who are the crazy nut jobs that will literally buy this book? Like, I don't understand it. So Dr. Anthony Fauci has sold his memoir to Penguin Random House for $5 million that will chronicle his life from being a Brooklyn schoolboy to the nation's COVID czar, according to a new report. And who knows? I mean, I doubt it since it's going to be his memoir, but would they also talk about how he completely screwed up during the AIDS situation? So Fauci, 82, was the longtime head of the 
National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and was the highest paid public official in the country, believed to be earning about $480,000 a year, which is more than the president. According to Page Six, there was a two-week auction of bidders trying to snap up Fauci's latest book, which ended up being picked up for just under $5 million. And again, to me, who likes Fauci enough to buy this book? That's the thing that I don't understand. I don't understand the companies wanting to buy this book. I don't understand the, the potential consumers that would want to buy this book. It's just crazy to me. So the title or the release date is not yet known, but is said to be a biography of the doctor's life working with the federal government, National Institutes of Health. I guess one thing that you could kind of like learn from this is that if you're able to get any sort of attention, any sort of massive media attention where you get some sort of following, you're going to be able to make millions and millions of dollars. This is not the first book Fauci has written off the back of the pandemic. In 2021, he released Expect the Unexpected, 10 Lessons on Truth, Service, and the Way Forward. Dear Lord. It will follow his life from when he joined the National Institutes of Health in 1968 after graduating with a medical degree from Cornell University to how he became the face of the fight against COVID. Fauci even lived above his family's pharmacy in Diker Heights, Brooklyn, as a child before deciding to also go down the route of medical practice. He has advised every president since Ronald Reagan on communicable diseases in his decades-long career, which he retired from in December. And Penguin Random House's imprint, Crown, is believed to be the publishers who snapped up the COVID czar's memoir. And Daily Mail has reached out for comment. Crown is the publishing company who have been behind some of the world's biggest name biographies and memoirs, including both Barack and Michelle Obama. They published The Obama's Becoming, A Promised Land and the Light We Carry, as well as Bernie Sanders is okay to be angry about capitalism, and Tina Brown's British Royal Family Exposé, The Palace Papers. It's also the publishing imprint that produced Vladimir Zelensky's A Message from Ukraine, compiling some of the, his most dramatic speeches from 2019 to 2022 during the outbreak of the war. And by the way, even though that Fauci basically sold this to Penguin or whatever, that doesn't mean that he's not going to get royalties. He's probably going to get massive amounts of royalties, too. Let's see. Is there anything else interesting? I don't know if there's really anything else interesting. Let's see. Oh, let's check out some of these comments. Hopefully it would be used as Exhibit A. Wonder if in his book he talked about how he killed orphan children in foster care during the 80s when he experimented on them with AIDS drugs. Whoever said crime doesn't pay, this is unbelievable. He profiting off lying and on the deaths of a million Americans, he has such a God complex unreal. One thing's for sure, the number one thing that you could probably say is 100% true, within reason, 
right, is that he does probably have like some sort of god complex because he did say that he is science, and for any scientist to say that he is science is beyond insane. Who cares what he has to say? People are done listening to this weasel. Though, again, the only thing that I don't really understand about this whole thing, which is why I'm even talking about this, is like, where is the, like, who is the audience that is willing to spend crazy amounts of money to, well, not really crazy amounts of money, but like, for the numbers. Like, where is the number of audience to justify a five million buy of the memoir? Like, I don't understand that. Weasel. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Let's see. Fauci Instagram, because he probably has an Instagram. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Okay. Guess he doesn't have one. Real Dr. Fauci. Hmm. No, definitely not that. Uh, no. Fauci Instagram handle. Okay, I guess he probably has a Twitter. No, I don't want it. Twenty fallen. I mean, that definitely can't be the real one. Yeah, joined September twenty twenty one. No. Does he not have any social media? Fauci Twitter. No. Wait, does Fauci not have a Twitter account? I don't even understand this. Fauci Twitter account. This is the fan club. Not associated with NIH or Dr. Fauci. This Twitter is purely for entertainment standing purposes. Like I'm just trying to figure out the audience that he has. Fauci. Parody. People. I... I guess there isn't...
a Twitter. I don't think he has like any social media. So again, I don't understand how that five million price point is even being justified. Like, what is going on here? Unless I'm insane. At not Dr. Fauci commentary account. Yeah, like I just <laughs> I don't know if someone stumbles upon this, maybe like in the comments or whatever, leave his social media or something because like. I just don't understand the justification of paying him five million for a memoir. Like I just I don't see the justification of that. If you want to learn how to get out of debt, go down below. Florida inmate is accused of trying to hire a hitman to offer family for two million dollar inheritance. This has gotta be probably one of the dumbest ways to try to become a millionaire. So a woman jailed in Florida for threatening to offer former co-workers at Disney allegedly tried to hire her fellow inmates to kill her parents and grandparents for a $2 million inheritance. Terue Gua Inaru, 29, from Orlando, has been locked up since December and recruited her cellmates in the murder-for-hire plot, according to law enforcement. Oscola County Sheriff Marco Lopez told the station, Wesh, that the woman told her two fellow inmates that her parents were wealthy and she would receive a $2 million inheritance upon their deaths, according to an affidavit. As part of the twisted plot, Inaru allegedly offered anyone who would kill her relatives $50,000 per victim, according to the station Click Orlando. Which, to me, this is kind of like crazy, right? Because pretty much, if this is true that her parents basically had this inheritance and that she would get it, if that actually was true... If she simply just lived her life, she would get the money. But no. <laughs> you couldn't wait. So you had a plan to kill your parents. Like This is so beyond disturbing, but so depressingly stupid. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's probably the reason why she's in jail, for being a moron. The 29-year-old also allegedly used social media to cyberstalk assistant state attorney Peter Francis Donnelly, who was prosecuting her case, said she wanted him to suffer and didn't care if his family died too, according to court filings. This chick must be, like, literally just insane. Like, she must literally be insane. She allegedly said if she could not find anyone to carry out the killings, she would gladly do it herself. So instead of taking Inaru up on her offer, her cellmates alerted a corrections officer to the homicidal plot. Like, this is the thing that, like, for some reason, like, these morons don't understand. 
aka her, right? What makes you think that whatever you say in jail to criminals is going to be, I don't know, not spread around, not used to get an easier sentence? Because any one of the inmates that she told, which they probably did, was like, hey, I got some information. I know I'm serving, like, potentially who knows how long, two years, whatever. But if I tell you this information to stop a pretty massive crime, could you just maybe release me early for good behavior or something like that, right? (laughs) And they would probably be willing to do that if it produced something, which obviously it did. It's just so stupid. So the inmates told investigators that Inaru gave them instructions on how to make the murders look like a robbery gone wrong. And in January, the sheriff's office sent an undercover detective posing as an inmate into Inaru's jail cell. The woman allegedly talked to the cop about her antipathy antipathy towards the prosecutor, but denied trying to hire a hitman. During the subsequent interview with investigators, Inaru allegedly admitted to plotting to have her family wiped out. Inaru claimed that her mother and father molested her and her siblings when they were children, but one of her family members told the cops that she needs mental help. Which, I mean, honestly, I would have to agree. Right? Like, here's the thing. Like, who knows, like, if anything that she says is actually true. The whole inheritance thing might just be something that she created in her mind. Like a figment of her imagination. So, the 29-year-old was charged Monday with three counts of solicitation to premeditated murder and one count of cyber-stalking for allegedly sending death threats to Donnelly. During her initial court appearance this week, Inaru asked the presiding judge to state his name, and when he did, she replied with a smirk, Good to know, reported the outlet WFTV. Inaru remains jailed without bond and is due back in court in May. Like, this type of person, you need to pretty much have them locked up pretty much forever, because they don't view other people as, like, important at all. Like, they don't have any value on other people's lives. And, like, anyone who thinks that they're going to just make a whole bunch of money by offing their parents is a complete moron. Anyone who, like, here's the thing. If you want to make a lot of money, potentially, from insurance policies, there is something where you could technically buy insurance policies of people who might naturally pass away, right? So, uh, insurance policies you can invest in to make money when someone passes away. Just so that I could actually show people how you would actually try to make money from insurance policies in this sense, right? If you actually want to do that sort of thing. So, uh... Let's see. Investopedia. 
This should be something that starts with like a V. Ver. How to use life insurance for investing. Viatical. This is the one. Okay, so viatical settlements. So viatical settlements allows you to invest in another person's life insurance policy with a viatical settlement. You purchase the policy or part of it at a price that is less than the death benefit of the policy. When the seller dies, you collect a death benefit. Your return depends upon the seller's life expectancy and the actual date he or she dies. If the seller dies before the estimated life expectancy, you may receive a higher return. But if the seller lives longer than expected, your return will be lower. You can even lose part of your principal investment if the person lives long enough so that you have to pay additional premiums to maintain the policy. Viatical settlement, uh, settlements can be a risky investment, and for these reasons, you should exercise caution and thoroughly investigate before you consider investing in a viatical settlement. Right? This is the thing that, like, I wanted to, like, show this because this is technically a way that you could pretty much gamble and potentially make a crazy amount of money by betting on someone's life. This is the legal way to do it. You know, not murder, right? But yeah, you could technically go and do this like right now. Like anyone could technically go and do this. So I guess if you are interested in trying to do something like this, go look up Viatical Settlements. That is V-I-A-T-I-C-A-L Settlements for those that listen to it, listen to this whole episode. And if you want to learn how to get a debt, go down below and learn how I got a debt and grew my net worth. Kourtney Kardashian is super rich, but apparently she likes to eat food in her bathroom. So Kourtney Kardashian is blasted for having food in the bathroom, including on the toilet and Instagram snaps. So Kourtney Kardashian took to Instagram on Monday with a photo dump, but was met with some criticism from followers who found the snaps distasteful. Among the photos, the reality TV star 43, who was featured in a trailer for the new seasons of The Kardashians, which I think is crazy that it's still going on, earlier in the day shared were shots of food placed in a bathroom, including on top of a toilet, which prompted criticism from her 216 million fans? What? Hold on. Kourtney Kardashian. Hold on. Wait. Uh, hold on. Kourtney Kardashian. Search Brave. Instagram. Jesus Christ, she really does have 216 million followers. Like, why? (laughs) Why does she have 216 million followers? Kourtney Kardashian Barker. 
see the benefits of at lem c irc moss okay so sponsored i'm glad you're promoting another item that is just harming the road <laughs> sure we can throw ourselves down into the sea oh you're trying to sell something <laughs> what the heck Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I feel like after a certain point, if you have, like, this massive amount of people following you, a percentage of them just has to be, like, literal morons, right? That will literally buy anything that you promote. Like, literally anything. If you have, like, 216 million people following you, I wouldn't be surprised if a million of those people would literally buy anything that she is promoting. Like, this is crazy. So crazy. So the photo in question featured a shot of the bathtub with pink water with a large number of food plates placed around it on the blue tile floor and on top of the closed toilet seat. Food on the toilet, that's nasty, one commenter wrote in response to the Poosh founder's post. Which I agree, that is pretty nasty. Food in the bathroom is not the move, another one added. Yet another person echoed this sentiment, writing, Food on the commode and bathroom floor, no, ma'am. Yeah, like, if you're looking at this, this this looks kind of weird. She's got like a weird burger thing, she's got a bunch of fruit, she's got, I guess, fries. Like... She's got some chips, too. She's got wine and wine and wine. <laughs> this chick drinks a lot of alcohol. Like, here's the thing. I would understand, like, eating food more so, like, if you're lounging about in, like, a hot tub or, like, a jacuzzi sort of situation. But, like, in your bathroom literally right next to where you take a dump seems kind of odd to me. The dishes included what appeared to be a barely touched hamburger, a plate of strawberries, a cucumber salad, chicken strips, and a number of desserts. There was also a bucket of champagne sitting next to the tub, and the bewildered comments continued to pour in on the post while with another person writing, food on the toilet is wild. Food in the bathroom is gross, someone else chimed in. And others pointed out the food waste. Look at that wasted food. Classy. Why is there a hamburger on top of the toilet? Another confused follower questioned. That bathroom scene is what nightmares are made of, another comment read, followed by eating in the bathroom is disgusting. And another person put, you eat where you, you know what. (laughs) Food on the bathroom floor gives me anxiety. (laughs) This person says, I don't understand this. Are you trying to be unique or shock value? Bunch of food all over an old bathroom with a tub from the 80s and a plate of food on the toilet. You want to let us know you're gross and classy at the same time? It's going to be a new trend trash class. So someone literally put food all over a bathroom floor and climbed up to take this photo of this mess. Wow.
the thing is, I actually probably wouldn't put it past her that she would actually do that in her spare time. <laughs> Courtney also shared a snap of where the bathroom photo originated from, which was a set of an Ellen Von Unworth photo shoot. In the original photo, the star was seated in the bathtub with her husband, Travis Barker, 47, while she ate a burger and he drank champagne. Another shot saw her enjoying a bath as she lathered up while wearing her engagement and wedding ring. Okay. Let's see some of these comments. Oh no, shares. Oh, I guess maybe there. Is there no comments on this thing? That seems kind of odd. Either way, I don't know. A few comments right here. Oh, it's not going to show it. Probably crazy comments in there. Feel free to give your thoughts. I just thought this was kind of funny. <laughs> 